I always appreciate when at the end of the morning service, pastor announces that I'm preaching the afternoon because everyone leaves and it really helps me with my, my nerves. It calms me down a little bit. But uh, I'm thankful you guys stuck around uh, to stay this afternoon to hear me preach. Uh, I'm thankful for this opportunity. So if I can have you guys today to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And my topic today, I'll keep it nice and simple and short for everyone. My topic today, I'm, I've entitled it, When People disappoint you, okay? And we'll find our, our passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And to kind of set a background for us, to paint the picture, we know that the place of Corinth, it was not a good place, okay? It was known to be godly. It was involved with pagan worship, and it was overall considered to be just a wicked place. Um, some, some commentators today, they kind of refer to it as the Las Vegas of the old days, right? A lot of people were coming into town because it was a huge trading place for businessmen, but as we know, Paul came here to start a church, right? He came here, and he knew exactly what kind of place this was and what he was getting himself into, and yet he still went and preached the gospel. While he was there, he started the church of, at Corinth, and when it was grounded and established, Paul left and continued on in his missionary journey. And about a year had gone by since Paul left the place of Corinth and that church, and he was now at Ephesus, when he received the letter or news that the church in Corinth wasn't doing too well, okay? The carnality and the immortality that was going on outside of the church had slowly made its way inside of the church, okay? And so today, I want to do a quick three points, and I want to look on how Paul responded to these people. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 1, it says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, verse 6, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Okay, so we all know that everyone at one point in their life has been disappointed by somebody else. Typically, when, when people disappoint me, I'm not always the best at it. Uh, I tend to get annoyed or I, I can get frustrated. And it's, it's very easy for us to respond that way in our, in our human nature. It's, it's natural for us to respond in, in being annoyed or being frustrated. I remember as a kid, I don't know if you can see this now, but I was quite the menace to my parents, okay? I caused a lot of terror in the house. And my parents, they would, <laughs> they would tell me to do one thing, and the second they turned around, I was doing the complete opposite. Does anyone else have any kids like that? Just know that you weren't alone, okay? I was that kid. And I would, I would get that famous line by my parents, I'm not mad at you, I'm just disappointed. So I, I'm sure when, when Paul heard the news and he was writing this letter, I, I like to picture that he wasn't mad, but maybe he was a little bit disappointed. Uh, disappointed. But, but in our passage here, we see that he leaves a template on how to respond when people disappoint you. So if you look at our first verse, Paul makes it clear that he is coming to them as an apostle. And, and by doing so, he does two things. First, he's coming to them by responsibility. The responsibility of saying the hard stuff. 
He's bringing the truth, and he's taking care of that church. But not only is he coming as responsibility, but by stating he's an apostle, he's also representing Christ. He wants the church to know that these aren't his opinions, but he wants them to know what the Lord, what the Lord thinks. So my first point today, I've entitled it, Paul's Reminder About How God Saw Them. So if you look in our passage in verse 2, it says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, we know Paul isn't referring to the building here, right? Wherever they had their church services, but he's referring to the people, to the sanctified, to those who are set apart, and to those who have a place in Christ. And he's reminding them that even though at that time they weren't living for God and their sins were literally defining the church, God still loved them and had a plan for them. Failures in your life don't change God's picture for you. God's plans are not affected or changed by your failures. Paul wanted to remind them of that truth and reminded them of their position in Christ. They are still saints, and they are still children of God. I like to think in just reminding them of who they were in Christ, he was also starting to say, act like it. You are children of God, now act like it. Our position in Christ isn't something we earn or, or work for, right? If we are saved, we are secured forever. That being said, start acting like it. In my parents, again, another illustration from when I was a kid, right? My parents, I would act up or do whatever, and they would tell me, however old I was at the time, Keith, you're 13, start acting like it. And if we take that simple truth and apply that to our everyday lives, it would drastically change a lot of things around us, right? We are saved children of God, and there is nothing we can do to make God stop loving us any less. So let's start acting like it. Which brings me to my second point, Paul's reminder on how he saw them. So not only how God saw them, but how Paul saw them, right? Who here is good with confrontations? I know some people, they're, uh, they're pretty good with it, right? They can say what's on their mind. They have no, no problems telling people if they've been offended. Me, myself, I'm not too good with that. Um, I can get shy. I, I, pretend some, I, I can pretend that nothing is wrong. or you know, I, I very much avoid confrontation, but in verse 3 of our text, Paul is writing to the church there, and he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now, there's another church that Paul started in Philippi, the Philippian church, and it was a church that cared for and loved for Paul. They, they, they were known for being a faithful church that was known for doing the right thing, and they were actively supporting and praying for Paul. That being said, it's easy for Paul to respond to them in verse 4 of, um, of Philippians, he says, find here. He says, I thank my God for you. Now, if you go back to our text and, and look at everything that's going on, Paul responds to them in verse 4 and still says, I thank my God always on your behalf. Paul here, he had a choice on how he wanted to respond to this kind of disappointment, and he chose to respond with love. It's a reminder that Despite their wrongdoings, God still loved them, and Paul was thankful for them. And again, I'm, I'm never the best at this, and it's, it's always very hard for me, but the simple truth is responding with love is always best. 
1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all things be done with charity or love. So Paul decided here to respond as Christ would, and he responded with love. Think about for a moment the life of Christ for a second, about how many times that he, he would have been disappointed or let down by the people around him, right? Peter, Peter denied him three times. Uh, the disciples couldn't stay awake with him to pray with him when he was in the garden when he needed them the most. The people that Jesus literally died on the cross for still choose to reject them every single day. And that being said, God does not cast us aside. Even after we disobey God time and time after again, he does not stop loving us. And Paul responded with the most Christ-like way and reminded them how thankful he is for them. Can I ask this question? Do we pray for the people that have hurt us? Do we pray for the people that have let us down? I heard another preacher say this, when we think that the failures of others towards us exempt us from praying for them, we become the failures. Let me say that one more time. When we think that the failures of others towards us exempt us from praying for them, we become the failures. If you go back to our text, not only did Paul remind them that he's thankful for them, but he also reminded them of the potential that they had. In verse 5, we read, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Paul is saying here that God has blessed you. You've been blessed with skills and talents, and you are enriched by him. You're gifted with speaking, and you have the knowledge. But unfortunately at this time, as we know, they weren't exercising that. But Paul was saying, I see the potential and what God can do through you guys. Even though they had disappointed Paul and they weren't living for Christ, he reminded them that he's thankful for them, God still loves them, and that he has a plan for them. So he's saying, let's move forward from the failures and let's live for Christ. And if anyone in the scriptures could relate to what it was like to be used of God, despite, despite being at one point so far away from God, it was Paul, right? Paul was persecuting Christians and he hated God. But we see how God changed his life and greatly used him. Today, he's probably one of the greatest Christians recorded in the Bible, and he truly knew what it was like to be used by God. And kind of to wrap this all up, my last point today, we see Paul's reminder can remind us. Again, if you look back at our scripture, in, in no point in these verses do we see Paul judging these people with his own opinions. It, it wasn't his job to. Earlier in verse 1, we saw that Paul state that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. It wasn't his job to share his opinions, but to bring forth the truth of Jesus. In these verses, we see that Paul brought Christ into view. And that should be our goal. In everything we do, our goal should be to, be, to bring Christ into view. We can't save anyone or, or change people's lives, but God can. That's what Paul was doing. Paul was reminding them of Christ. He reminded them of how God saw them and that they were still, still able to be used. And he reminded them of their position in Christ was still settled. So let's just wrap it all up. I just want to ask, so when people disappoint us, how do we respond? Do we ignore them or give them the cold shoulder? Or do we respond in love? And again, although it can be hard, 
do we tell the people that disappoint us that we're praying for them, that we're thankful for them, and the Lord can still use them? Whether we like it or not, people will disappoint us. That's, that's the truth. But when they do, it's up to us on how we will respond to that. When disappointment happens, it is crucial to remember that not only does it have the potential to make or break us, but it also has the potential to make or break them. Our actions have consequences. So church, to wrap it up today, let me leave you with this. How are we going to respond when the people we love the most disappoint us? Pastor. Pastor.